0: This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. Hi, I'm Jillian Leonard.
1: And I'm Michael Leonard.
0: We're college sweethearts together for nine years and married for four. We have embarked on this journey together in hopes of impacting lives and changing the world one person at a time. And
1: together we're here to bring you practical tips and applications to help you in your everyday life. Whether it be personal growth, finances, marriage, or your overall health, we've got you covered.
0: So sit back and enjoy this week's episode of the Live Great Grace podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Live Great Grace podcast. I am Michael. Sitting next to me is my beautiful wife, Jill. Say hi, babe.
0: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We're in a very silly mood. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Maybe the closet's gotten to us. I don't know. Maybe we've hung out in here too long. (laughs) Uh, But we wanted to talk to you tonight about burnout. And this is a huge issue. I know both of us have experienced this. Gosh, I've experienced this probably a number of times, Mm -hmm, especially in uh, my career. And so we'll talk a little bit about a specific situation in our life. That we've experienced burnout. Um, we'll talk about what burnout is. Maybe you've never heard of that before. Maybe you've experienced it and don't really know what it is. And we'll talk about the five stages and then some ways that you can, uh, you know, kind of alleviate burnout or uh, keep it from happening in your life.
0: Yeah, we decided that we wanted to talk about this because this is actually a really hot topic right now. And the reason why it's so huge is because the, um, I believe it was the National Public Health Association or Mm -hmm. some, don't quote me on that. Some big, big public health association said that burnout is now one of the top five things that Americans suffer from. That's crazy. It's a huge deal. And it's now like under categorized as part of mental health. So it's just crazy. And we felt like there was a need definitely to talk about it, at least through our experience and, you know, how we've been able to move through it and things like that.
1: Yeah, I would say uh, I didn't even really know what burnout was. Uh, I definitely knew I had experienced it in my life, but I just assumed that it was normal everyday stress. I didn't really know that there was any sort of medical definition of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't know what the stages were, most certainly. And and I I certainly didn't know how to uh, combat it. And so what ended up happening is I would do what most people would do and I would just cope or I would do things like, say, go on a vacation. Uh, But the problem with all of those things is especially on a vacation, you don't you just leave your problems when you leave and come back. The same problems are still there. Yeah, you may feel some sort of temporary relief while you're gone, but you just come back to the same situation. And so I I never had the proper tools or was equipped to be able to, um, you know, see the signs of burnout, let alone, um, you know, remedy the situation.
0: Right. So, babe, why don't you start us out? Why don't you tell us what burnout is? Explain to the people listening who might not know what
1: burnout is. Yeah, definitely. So the definition of burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. And so that occurs when you're feeling overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. And so what happens is typically most people associate that with work, but you can also feel burnout in in a ton of different areas, Uh, you know, as far as home life, Um, You know, in other areas, but we'll just focus mainly on work because that's typically where most people feel burnout. And so examples are obviously work home life, even fitness, you can get burned out Um, side effects are demotivation, Uh, you can have depleted energy levels, um, you know, detachment from relationships. It definitely affects your productivity and you have increased chance of illness. Um, You also uh, have a pessimistic outlook on life and you suffer from exhaustion and you just sometimes you feel like you just need to get away. And so I know I was talking about vacation earlier. You just feel like you have to vacate that certain situation when it gets that bad.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And when we were doing research for this, one of the main things, like one of the top symptoms was that you feel like whatever you do does not matter or it doesn't make a difference when, when you hear somebody say that it's incredibly scary and very dangerous because I mean, you're just kind of teetering on the edge and I I think it's actually very scary if somebody feels like they don't have any worth in this world. And so, yeah, we just thought that we needed, we needed to talk about it. We, and we want to help you guys out there if that you're experiencing burnout right now. And, um, I guess I'll start with how I've experienced burnout in the past. I've mostly experienced it at work. Um, I don't think I am made to work for people. I think I need to be (laughs) my own boss. (laughs) I'm not saying that I'm a terrible worker. You know what I mean? But I just like, I'm kind of a fiery personality. I'm very efficient. I'm a go-getter and I get stuff done very quickly And uh, for some reason, when I get things done quickly, that means I'm screwing around. But anyway, I'm going on a tangent. I'm going to stop there. (laughs) But (laughs) I have experienced for not many jobs in the past. Um, I was doing things that I liked, but it was usually it was either the environment or it was another job where I was doing something that I didn't care about what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I would say my last job. I wouldn't say that it was like my purpose or anything. I mean, what I was doing, it was like regular everyday stuff in the office, just managing a team. And, um, you know, it was nothing exciting. And I think that I got to a point where I believed that, I was just settling in. Like I had gotten this job and I was like, well, you know, it pays okay. And I think the thing with burnout that is really interesting is that it does have a, some sort of limiting beliefs that come with it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I think that sometimes when you can get in this mode of burnout where you're like, uh, you're doing the same thing every day, there's nothing new, there's no challenge. Um, it's not, it's not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, it's not challenging you. You're not growing at all. You're just sitting in the same spot. I think the thing about it is that you can have these beliefs like, I'm never going to find a job that makes this much money or nobody's going to pay me this much money to start. And I think that that is my view on burnout is that there's a lot of limiting beliefs that can come with it but yeah I've I've definitely experienced burnout and it mostly has happened when I'm doing things that I do not care about like do not light my heart on fire or it's in really bad scary toxic environments and because I've been in some corporate environments that are extremely toxic and it's just like high stress levels all the time and just having like mental breakdowns and just breakdowns every single day. I think that that was my body's cue being like, you need to move on. Like it's time for you to move on. Yeah. 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 I I
1: know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk too. He just had a video (laughs) that came out on Instagram and he was talking about someone who makes, you know, 150, $200,000, but hates their job. And a person who makes $87,000 a year, but loves what they do. And I know he talks about that all the time is he's like, be the person that makes less money, but is happy what you're doing you want to wake up and be energized and feel like I could do this for 14 hours a day. Now, obviously you won't Mm -hmm. do it for 14 hours a day, every single day. But so, um, I had a corporate job, um, retail sales and from the outside in, everyone would say, well, that's a really great job. Got paid very, very well, but had to work really long hours. If anybody out there has worked sales or retail, you know, the hours are awful. That's the worst around the holidays, always weekends, super high stress. And so Um, you know, I was just putting in hours and hours and hours and and climbing up the corporate ladder as we like to call it and making great money, but just, yeah, I got so burnt out. And again, kind of like what you said, it wasn't something that I was passionate about. Obviously I did what a lot of people do. And I just took the job that paid the most, which is definitely what you're not supposed to do. And so I wasn't fulfilling any sort of life passion or purpose from it. And so, uh, I dreaded it. I hated it. Um, you know, eventually, because here's the thing is, I always believe that no matter what you do, you should always give a hundred percent, even if it's like cleaning your apartment, because everything that you do is a reflection on you as a person. And so I never want anybody to think that I give anything less than a hundred percent of my effort. And so what I found is that I was experiencing such burnout that I would go to work and I wouldn't even care. I would do the bare minimum of what I had to do just to get by and if that's you out there, that's a red flag that you may not be doing something that you're really passionate and purposeful about. Mm -hmm. And all that's going to do is lead to burnout because you're not really invested a hundred percent in what you're doing. And so, yeah, I just, I, uh, you know, some of the symptoms that I experienced was, um, I definitely had to have some sort of coping mechanisms. So, um, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes. Um, you know, I used to come home and have a few beers just because I needed to just, I felt like I had to unwind, uh, I definitely noticed I would detach from people just because of the the high stress and demands. Uh, I would have headaches, um, just feel overwhelmed. I would feel this heavy weight, kind of just almost like someone put a backpack with a bunch of rocks on my shoulders. And then I had to walk around for the rest of the day like that. And so I was so much happier when I got out of that environment. And then as far as with what we're doing right now, I wake up and if someone said to me, you have to work the next 24 hours straight. I would be super excited because I'd be like, that's awesome. I have to work 24 hours straight on what we love doing, which is teaching people and impacting people, because that means that I'm going to be doing something awesome with my next 24 hours. I don't look at it as like, Oh my God, I have to get to go to work and drive the same commute and see the same people and do the same thing. Um, you know, that's groundhog day doing the same thing over and over again. And so, um, definitely happy that I'm not in that environment anymore. Uh, But yeah, definitely was experiencing hardcore burnout, especially towards the end.
0: Yeah. I think the interesting thing about when people experience burnout and when you look at where you're employed in general, you have everything picked for you. Like you, if you say you're like, I want to be an engineer. Great. You get hired on with this company. Well, your life is pretty much determined and picked by your employer. Mm -hmm. You who you hang out with now all the time, like your main association, that is picked for you. You can't pick your coworkers. You can't pick your boss. You can't pick your hours. Like everything is picked for you. And I think that what I meant by saying about me that like, I don't think I meant to have a boss is because I like being my own boss and being in control of my own life. And it's very hard. And I'm sure people out there experience this this too. It's really hard to just go in and have your life completely laid out for you and determined for you and you don't really have a say in it. Yeah, You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that that is, that's my personal opinion of maybe why burnout has escalated to where it is. Um, it could also be because, you know, in the United States, like being a workaholic is a thing that's cool. Like people are like, Oh, I'm such a workaholic. Like, and that's great if you have a great work ethic, like that's amazing, but it's like other countries look at us and they're like, what about your family? What about your friends? Like, I think that that might have led to why burnout is at such a high rate because we devote so much into our jobs.
1: Yeah. And I think the whole term of, cause I mean, you hear it thrown around a lot, work-life balance. I think the fact that that even needed to become exactly. a statement, yeah. it shows that there's a problem. That means that you were tilted so far in one direction that you had to create a statement that would basically suggest that you're trying to balance your life out. And so obviously um, it wasn't teetering towards life. It was teetering towards working too much.
0: Yeah, totally. and,
1: and so to just have to have a statement like that shows that there's a foundational problem that we work too much. And then the second problem is it, it's, it's becoming less and less, but we still have this idea that the harder we work, the more successful that we'll be. Mm-hmm. And when really it's the smarter that we work, mm-hmm. um, because yeah. if it was, the harder we work, the more successful we'd be. Garbage men would be getting paid a million dollars.
0: Yeah, we'd like, all be millionaires. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, and, and I would be the first one to go fill out an application to work as a garbage man if that was the case. And, and so there's there's this just there's this foundational problem that we need to find some sort of balance, work life balance. And and a lot of the problem is is we go to work, but then we we don't leave work at work. We bring work home with us. And I'm not necessarily talking about physically, as in like our laptop and actual emails and things like that. But we bring home the stressors and the negativity and all of those emotions from work. And then we bring them into our life. And so we never really leave work, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We're, we're always bringing it, we're carrying it around with us like it's a crutch. And so that's why people can experience burnout is because they, they feel like work, Is their life? Well, work is your life because you're bringing it from work into your life and you're bringing those emotions. So if you're stressed, you're not allowing yourself to de-stress from work. You're just bringing that stress home into your family life and wondering why work seems like it's affecting your entire life is because you have to have those work boundaries where, and I was taught this and thank God is when I walk into work, I don't bring my problems from the outside into work with me Mm -hmm. and vice versa. When I walk out of the door of work, like, and anyone asks me, so how was work today? I say it was work. I don't talk about work in my outside life. And that's not because something interesting didn't happen or because I had a bad day. It's because when my feet hit the outside and I walk out the door, work is done. Like I'm not, it it's gone. It's, it's in the past. And so I don't bring that home with me because I see what it used to do to our relationship. And I also see what it does to other people's relationships. And I never wanted our relationship to be me just dumping all of my work problems on you. Like you're Mm -hmm. just there to. because now then I'm taking my negativity, I'm spewing it all over you. And say you had the best day in the world. Well, I just ruined all that because I just spewed all my molten hot nastiness all over you. And now I just affected your mood. And so it's, it's one of those things where it took time to develop, but it's really important to be able to do that, to kind of differentiate the two, because that's what a lot of people do is they bring home those emotional stressors from work.
0: Yeah, totally. My mom's, one of my mom's best advice was just leave it at the door. Yeah. Leave it at the door. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about like the five stages of burnout and how you can kind of see it coming on
1: definitely. And so I'll, I'll talk about the first stage. So the first stage is the honeymoon stage. And so that may be when you start a new job or you get a promotion and so, what you're going to experience is high energy levels, obviously, because you're excited. Uh, it's brand new, and you're going to also experience satisfaction because you know, hey, I got a new job, or you know, even better, a promotion. You're like, yes, I got a promotion. So, typically, you're going to be getting more pay. Uh, what you don't think about initially is the extra added responsibility, because never in a job are they going to pay you more but tell you to slack off and do less. Yeah, we always seem to forget about that. But anyways, and, and you're going to experience creativity because now, uh, you know, if it's a new job, you're, you're you're creating different neural pathways. You're you're learning new um, tasks, new things, and so um, it's exciting. Um, it's allowing you to be creative. You're stepping into a new role where obviously you're moving up, and so uh, different responsibilities. And so that's allowing your creativity. So it's overall, it's a very positive environment. The honeymoon. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And you could have gone from doing the thing that you were doing before to the same thing that you're doing now, but just with a different company and experience the honeymoon stage, Mm -hmm. because it's a brand new environment, brand new people, you can kind of start fresh. So you think it's kind of the illusion that like things are going to get better. But it's really just going to lead to the same thing. Um, so the next, the next kind of step is the onset of stress, and that's really when you begin to start losing your optimism, and some days start to become more difficult than others. So when you first experience, like your first bad feedback or something, or if you have a really tough day and you are like, "Dang, this is like harder than I thought it would be," it's things like that. You start the it starts to fade away the honeymoon phase for sure.
1: Yeah, I would say that. For me, when I initially start to notice this is when I stop learning. Mm -hmm. So when I hit a new job and you go through the training and so everything is new and you're still engaged and everything like that. And then all of a sudden it's like you're driving and you get going faster and faster and faster. And then all of a sudden you hit a metaphorical wall and you're like, that's it. And there's nothing else that they can teach you. And you sort of just like, kind of, you know, when you're sitting like in a couch and you kind of like shake your butt and you like get settled (laughs) in, it's like, Oh, time to settle in for the same old thing. And that's where I started to feel the onset of stress because I'm like, what do I get to learn now? And they're like, nothing. And you're yeah. like, cool.
0: Yeah. It's definitely like you start going now on autopilot. Yeah. Because it's like when you're driving to work and you get there and you don't remember how you get there. That's yep. literally how your are control to become. And this life. is when you start actually seeing some real sort of symptoms, and that can be anywhere from fatigue, headaches, irritability, lack of focus, and a change in your appetite and or diet. Um, We read a status once that uh, when it comes to, a lot of times when it comes to work, people will sacrifice their home life or their health, and it's usually both, which is super sad.
1: Yeah, typically what you'll notice is you'll notice that at first it's, it's the diet and exercise, uh, especially the higher up that you get in a position and the more that's required of you, <laughs> typically your, your health is the first thing that goes um, because you, you, you'll say things like, I don't have time to, to meal prep. You bring work home with you, you know, especially if you get into an upper management type of position. And so what you do is you sacrifice meal prepping for work at home. And so then what you do is you end up eating out a lot more. Uh, and then eventually, yeah, what happens is you, you end up, going in earlier, staying later. And so you start sacrificing home life. Uh, the next stage is uh, chronic stress. And so that's what's going to happen is there's an increase in symptoms from onset stage. But in addition, you're now experiencing higher amounts of stress. And as opposed to onset of stress, where it's not every day, it's it's just kind of here and there, and it comes and goes. Uh, chronic stress is now you're experiencing that on an everyday basis and and sometimes multiple times a day. And and so you see the symptoms elevate and now they're more habitual. And so you'll see things like anger, which is something that um, I know I had when I was in a management position uh, because I would just get so frustrated with the people that I was working with that I would then bring the anger home with me. You'll start to see things like cynicism. Um, This was another one, increased caffeine consumption. I know that one was a huge one for me. Uh, You know, I would just down energy drinks and coffee just to kind of get through my day. I know a lot of people do that. Um, Persistent tiredness in the morning. So it doesn't matter how much you sleep, you still wake up feeling fatigued. And then you basically all of that equates to your immune system, um, you know, being decreased. And so you'll start to experience physical illness as well.
0: Yeah, I definitely experience the persistent tiredness in the morning that was so hard to kick too. I just, I was tired all the time in the morning in the evening on the weekends. I would go out for like maybe an hour and do something. But then the rest of the day I was like a zombie Mm -hmm. and it took me probably, this is just me personally. I don't know if it would take you, but it took me two years of consistent, just being out of the house and then changing all of my habits. So like healthy eating, uh, exercise, just routinely, not being in bed all the time, which is like my favorite place to be because it's (laughs) so comfy. But yeah, it took me probably a solid two years to really kick that. And because it's an actual thing and it can, it totally affected my life.
1: Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't matter. I don't sleep a lot to begin with usually like six hours and I'm good, but it wouldn't matter if I slept six, seven, eight, I would still feel just tired because you wake up and immediately think of what you have to go to and it just immediately you're like no like I don't want to huh. you just get you. it's like you wake up and immediately the feeling of like heavy weight and just stress already hits you because you know that in an hour or an hour and a half, you have to go to some place that you were at yesterday that you hated, that you hate today, that you're just not enjoying. And so it just, I mean, if you think about it, if every day you just think about like, Oh gosh, in an hour and a half, I have to go somewhere that I hate. Like no one's excited about that. Mm -hmm. So that's just going to create negative feelings and negative emotions. (laughs) And so, um, you know, if you want to talk about, what you experience after chronic stress.
0: Yeah. So then that's what leads to actual burnout. Mm-hmm. And this is when you start to see actual behavioral changes and you see a lot of self-doubt and obsessing over the problems at work. And then you develop an escapist mentality. Why don't you break down an escapist mentality?
1: Yeah. I mean, that just, it's this feeling and it's hard to explain unless you've ever experienced it. So I guess I'll try it. I'll try. Um, it's just feeling Like when you feel like you're at work and it's almost if you've ever heard someone explain like the wall like the room's getting smaller and you just you get this feeling like I just have to get out of here now like I just I have I can't be here right now it's really weird Um, it's hit me a a couple of times but I had a friend who she would it would happen to her all the time and it was because she was working in the same area of career and didn't realize that she was just jumping from same we'll just say sales job to sales job not realizing that the problem was she was in sales and sales wasn't something that was for her. And so she would experience this. I just had to get out of there. And so what would happen is she would leave work all the time early. And I would ask her, I'd be like, why did you leave work early again? And she was, I just, I couldn't be in there anymore.
0: I had to get out. And
1: so the escapist mentality is just that, that kind of feeling like it'll come on really suddenly too. Like, I just, I can't be here right now. Like I have to get out of here. It's almost
0: like an anxiety attack.
1: Definitely. And it can, you could think that it would be an anxiety or a panic (laughs) attack because you'll, you'll feel uh, increased heart rate, you'll start to, well, I at least started to sweat. Uh, and that's definitely a symptom, but it's just, yeah, it's this feeling like you just have to remove yourself from the environment, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then those, um, you know, those behaviors that you brought on at work, maybe just like feeling negative or just getting negative feedback all the time. I know I've worked in customer service forever. And it's easy to start taking that on when you're getting just phone call after phone call of just jerk after jerk after jerk. And that, that's really hard to hear over and over and over again. And you, those start to become, you know, how you actually think, like you start to, it starts to change in your mind where you're like, yeah, I am a piece of crap, or I definitely shouldn't be doing anything else. Or, you know, it's your self-talk changes when you're when you're experiencing this this negativity over and over and over again.
1: And it definitely starts to affect the way you look at people outside in the world, because then you start to see other people and you start to manifest what you've heard all day onto them without them knowing. But then you start to look at people in a different way Mm -hmm. and permission to go on a tangent here, because (laughs) I used to actually do this when it comes to obsessing over problems at work. Um, don't, bring your problems home and your negative emotions and then use your. And we talked about earlier, use your significant other or another family member as basically the garbage disposal disposal for your day. Don't do that. That's bad. Um, I used to do that for a year and a half. And I remember you had to just be like, can you not call me, on the phone, on your way home, because your anger is like not doing it for me. It was, it was more candid than that, but we're a non-explicit podcast. So we're not going to use that. So, but don't, don't make them don't kill the messenger. Like don't, you know, they're there for support and you definitely should feel like you can talk to your spouse or family members about your day, but they're definitely not there for you to just talk all of your negative to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you feel like you need to talk to them, just say, Hey, you know, is it okay if I talk to you about my day? I had a really rough day rather than just, Oh my gosh, the day I had da, da, da. and you just like bombard them with all of this negativity when they're not even ready for it. It's almost mm-hmm. like you blindside them. And so these are all things that we've learned. Like I said, I did this for like two years to poor Jill over here and God bless her soul. She didn't say anything for like the first year, but then finally, she called me out, which was great because then, um, you know, we were able to take steps. I figured out ways to kind of de-stress after work. And that's that's almost what you need, too, is if you're in a very stressful job or you're realizing now as we're talking that you, you do experience burnout at work is you, you need to give yourself time to de-stress from work. And whether that's you go directly to the gym afterwards or, you know, you do some sort of activity or if you've got a commute, you just put something on that's soothing music, a podcast, just you know, maybe you don't talk to anybody right away. You just Mm -hmm. kind of give yourself that time to just kind of take a deep breath and just kind of cool out for a little bit.
0: Absolutely. So if you def, so if you're having trouble and experiencing burnout and then don't address it, this can absolutely lead to habitual burnout and that's severe and emotional and physical problems such as depression, chronic sadness, and any kind of ongoing illness.
1: Yeah. This is when it starts to get very very serious. Mm-hmm. this is when you start to experience like she said very very bad depression um, you'll usually withdraw from most social contact you'll you'll become the person at work that talks to the other people at work as little <laughs> as possible um, it'll almost seem like you're you're in sort of a daze and you're just there
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it's it's a dangerous stage because you are in a depressed state and if it gets to this point, I can only give my personal recommendation. Um, I would seek some sort of help.
0: Yeah. Some professional, some
1: professional, or if they have some sort of um, like, I know at one of my former jobs, they had, they had leave, but they also had someone you could talk to. Um, So they had a counselor on staff. Um, Definitely seek help. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to get help. I used to be afraid of this for a really long time that someone was going to know that, I had depression in my life and that I needed to seek perspective from somebody or, you know, what would my friends think if they knew that I had depression because, you know, I I needed everybody to think that I had everything together and that I was good all of the time. And, and don't be afraid to get help. There's nothing wrong with saying that I'm feeling overwhelmed and I need somebody to talk to. Yeah. Uh, We all need that at one point (laughs) or another in our life. And that's just someone that's a non-biased person to be there to help give you perspective and help point you in the right direction of, um, you know, either tools or resources that can help you. Um, And, you know, maybe they've got great advice. Maybe, you know, you'd be happier doing something else. Maybe you do just need some time off, um, you know, but just to have someone to talk to.
0: Yeah. And I think one really important thing about all of these different stages is that, if you are looking at your life and you're like, okay, I'm experiencing some sort of burnout. I think you also need to look at what are the activities that you are doing outside of work and are they numbing activities? Mm -hmm. I think that that one is so key because we were experiencing really bad burnout before we started our own business. And we didn't even know we thought that we were totally normal. Mm -hmm. And like, so what, excuse me, what our day looked like we would go to work We, we both had long commutes. We would come home immediately get in our pajamas. We would eat some sort of crap food and then we would park it in front of the TV for hours. Mm -hmm. Or I would watch reality TV or you would play video games and we would just like numb and we would barely talk to each other. And we'd numb for just hours until we went to sleep. And then we'd wake up exhausted. And I think that if you can identify what your numbers are that is going to be the first step in moving forward and that's why you know back when we realized this we decided to get rid of our tv we were like we don't need this like we can get rid of it we can get rid of cable that was our personal choice we're not saying that you have to get rid of it but it's actually been really freeing to kind of detach from it because we didn't realize that we were using it to numb when we were having a bad day instead of actually dealing with our issues and dealing with our problems and then figuring out a way to make it better or to fix things. So I think that the bit, one of the biggest things is to look and see, like, are, is, are you experiencing any of these symptoms and are you doing any sort of numbing? Yeah, help?
1: definitely. Cause I know I read a stat, I think it was yesterday that the average American watches four hours of TV.
0: Yeah, that and right.
1: so that's just sitting there. And especially for four hours, you're just, you're numbing it for Mm -hmm. sure. And so, um, I mean, evaluate, is that, is that because you're feeling burnout? So, I mean, when you look at burnout, you have to ask, you know, is it the situation that you're in? So if you feel like you're starting to experience burnout, was there some sort of significant life event that changed? So did you get a new job? Did you get a promotion or have you always felt this way? And maybe it has something to do with um, something going on with you or is it both? And so, I'm always really big on self-awareness because I feel like we can learn so much if we just stop and, and kind of even ask just ourself questions. So, you know, why am I feeling this way? What's changed, you know, in the past month, especially if you're just starting to feel these types of emotions is ask what's changed. Um, you know, definitely. And, you know, has this always been a problem? And, or is it in conjunction again, like with that certain life event? And I mean, this is where social support is really, really huge because mm-hmm. we see ourselves and we're the, what does John Maxwell say? We're the least qualified to be the judge of ourselves.
0: Yeah, of our own. Yeah. Life. yeah.
1: And so it's always great to have the perspective of other people, especially people close to us, because they see our emotions, our mannerisms, our interactions on a daily basis. And so they're really great as far as insight, especially if you have someone that you know you can trust, you know, you can talk to, they have a high EQ emotional quotient and they're, they're honest with you, um, because they're going to be that support system that you really need to get not only, um, you know, honest feedback, but positive feedback as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if you are in a, you know, strong, loving and committed relationship, Honestly, your spouse is going to be the best person to ask. Definitely. And so the, the, spouse who's going to be asked. This is not your time to be like, well, you do this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. I've been wanting to get this off my chest forever. No, 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 This is when you can be very honest and you have to do it delicately. And if you do ask your spouse, you have to be okay with hearing it. If you ask them and they're honest, you can't get mad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Don't, don't get mad at a answer that you asked the question to.
0: Right. But I mean, in full honesty and you know, this took us a very long time
1: Yeah, because
0: any time, we would give each other any kind of criticism. It was like, it was so bad. Blow up. so bad, And it took us a really long time to get there. So it just might be little tiny steps, but honestly, your spouse is going to be the person who knows you the best because they see you the most. They see you like be your most vulnerable and your most authentic self. So they're the ones that kind of can tell you, you know, like when you come home, you, uh, you talk about this, this, uh, you know, very Often, and I've seen a decrease here. So your spouse is probably going to be the best person. Just tread lightly with that, you know. Don't like make it a free for all and just rip them a new one. You know, be be gentle with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know when you've asked me, I just (laughs) I kind of start. Well, you know, it seems that when and and you want to have a calming sort of just try and take the emotion out of it. So it seems like when you come home from work, and I'll just use this as as, as an example um, that you're still a little bit stressed out from work and that um you know maybe it would help to have some extra time to de-stress from work and, and you know just offering solutions too you know if you see something um you know is great but just yeah like she said don't use that as an opportunity to take your list out of the things mm-hmm. that you've written down in your head for the past 6 months Oh, well, I mean, if you did the dishes, you might feel a little bit better or, you know, something (laughs) like that. Uh, And everything, by the way, that we're talking about, we've learned because we did, yeah, because we've done it wrong. And so um, I always like to say, let someone who's done something wrong and learn from it, be your teacher because they can help you from making the same mistakes. So mm-hmm. don't make our mistakes. Yeah. Trust me, because it wasn't fun when we made them. So we're just trying to save you time. You're welcome. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then some other things I can help, obviously exercise. It, Definitely. it is such a cure for any kind of, Um, for a lot of things going on in your mental health. Obviously, your physical health helps clear your head. Any kind of meditation and honestly, yoga is really amazing just for like getting your thoughts under control and then working on having a more positive mindset and then just making sure you're getting enough sleep. Like if you've got Netflix, watch two episodes, not a whole season and binge it to like four in the morning. You know, have some have some boundaries for yourself and get really give yourself some sleep because that is your time to reset and recharge so that you're ready for the next day. And the last thing you want to do is stay up super late and then you're behind on your next day. So you're kind of setting yourself up to fail.
1: I I mean, I'll help you out. Don't worry. Netflix will still be there tomorrow. It's okay. Yeah. Like if you only watch the second episode and there's 11 episodes, don't worry. They'll be there tomorrow it'll be okay. I promise. I did. You know what? It's even crazy. I tried it one time. I watched one episode and left nine episodes. I came up woke the next day. They were all still there. So it's okay. I mean, and as far as like meditation, yoga, and exercise, this is just what's worked for me. So this is just going to be my personal opinion. I find that doing meditation and yoga in the morning Mm -hmm. to kind of just
0: get myself
1: in the proper mind frame, go to work. And then when I get off work, um, you know, is when I'll exercise. And I've found that to be the best way for me now. There are times when I will go and exercise in the morning. Cause I like the natural energy and endorphins that you get. Um, but it was funny. I met this guy at the gym last week and I mean, he was going to town on the punching bag. He was like punching and kicking it and all this stuff. And I was like, man, you're really going to town. He's like, yeah, this is what I do after work.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. So stressor. he was,
1: he was knocking that thing around and I was like, dang, but I mean, it's, it's, different for everybody. You know, it's just, what is a healthy way of, what is a healthy outlet? You know, because what isn't a healthy outlet is diving into food, which is what we both used to do drinking, smoking, you know, all of these things that we use as coping mechanisms when we need to find some sort of healthier alternative, or we need to get to the root of the problem of why we feel like we need those things to make us feel better.
0: Yeah. And that actually segues to what I was thinking, like after, okay, you listen to this whole podcast, you're like, frick, I am experiencing some serious burnout. So I think you have to ask yourself, obviously, why that is. And if it ends up being something like your job, figure out a way to get out of it find another job, figure out what really lights your heart on fire and find your purpose. I mean, that's what we did. Like, we just followed our our heart. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's true. Like this work that we're doing, it lights me up on fire. And I just, I'm like, yeah, I could do it all day, every day. I love it. It's so much fun. Plus, Mm -hmm. I'm doing it with my best friend. So I think you just have to figure out, like, what that is for you. And is it, you know, being self-employed or is it, you know, you want to climb the corporate ladder and you want to be like a vice president, good for you, go for it. Or if you want to be a missionary, or if you want to try and be a pro athlete, like whatever it is, like go after it. You have to go after what sets your heart on fire.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I guess I'll say this, that you're going to experience stressors no matter what you do and no matter at what level. So I think that, and I'm really big on foundational stuff. I feel like too many people try to put the walls up or put the roof on the house before they build the foundation. You need to have foundational things built that help you manage stress effectively. Mm -hmm. Because- it doesn't matter where you go or what you do. If you don't have healthy foundational habits to be able to deal with negative situations and negative emotions, I could put you in a million dollar job where you only show up 40 hours a week and you will still figure out a way to be stressed out Mm -hmm. and overworked. And the thing that we talked about earlier is like she said, if, if, climbing, you know, the corporate ladder or, you know, being a president or even owning your own business. Like, hi, you're the only person that deals with everything. So you do everything that in and of itself is stress. Like we deal with stress every day, you know? And so it's, it's, it doesn't matter what we're doing. You have to have those in place to be able to manage your stress and manage the expectations and things that, you know, life is throwing at you or else it doesn't matter what you're doing, what arena you're in. Um, you will always experience stress and stress leads to burnout. And so you will always experience that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's just about managing stress. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And managing those negative emotions and finding your outlet. So finding something that that helps you, you know, whether it's meditation or yoga or exercise or just, um, you know, remembering to be grateful too. I know that uh, towards the end of that corporate job, um, you know, I would just remind myself a lot of the time, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a pretty stressful job, but I bet that if my job became available, there'd be like thousands of people lined up to want that job because there's a lot of people that are hurting financially out there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what? It's stressful, but man, am I really grateful that I'm able to have a job number one, yeah. and a job that pays me really well. And, and so I found that gratitude counteracted that really, really well. And so it, cause the problem is, is we get so enveloped in the negative that it almost becomes this dark cloud hanging over us that we just need a little bit of sunlight to kind of shine its way through. And that gratitude to me is that sunlight. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, if you find yourself getting stressed out, just say a quick one or two things that you're grateful for. There's so much to be grateful for. And that can help in that moment to help remind you that, yeah, it feels bad right now, but it'll pass.
0: Yeah. And maybe just that little bit of gratitude is the little like just seed of hope that you need to start applying for new jobs or to start to open that business you always wanted to open or to, yeah, apply for those jobs that you never thought that you would be qualified for. I think that if you can start with gratitude, it just will open the door to so many more possibilities. So yeah, Anyway, that is our spiel on burnout. I hope this was helpful. I mean, I wish I would have had this like, you know, five years ago.
1: That would have been great. I wish I would have had this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for another podcast. Again, lots of exciting stuff to come. Can't yep. wait to share with you. But you all can come hang out with us on Instagram at Grace, And we will see you all next week. Bye.